Welcome to the Portable Pulpit. Let's go. Hey family, what's happening? This is Colby Corso and Clifford Cox, and we're on the Portable Pulpit, and we're addressing some stuff that has been mixed up down in culture, and obviously if you've been following on social media, a uh, big story that's hidden right now, it has to do with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A, you just let Kanye down, and you're already slipping. Um, oh Chick-fil-A um, has come out and announced plans uh, to end their charitable giving to Christian organizations which include the Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian af- uh, Athletes amid concerns over LGBTQ+, whatever it is, backlash as the popular Christian-owned business expands beyond the U.S. That's the Christianity Today uh, quote. Um, their uh, Chick-fil-A president, chief operating officer, Tim, I'm going to butcher his name. It happens to me all the time. No, no love lost, brother. Tassel Poulos um, told the site BizNow, that there are a lot of articles in new week, news in newscasts about Chick-fil-A and they thought they needed to be clear about their message. And so a part of that meant abandoning organizations that had stances um, against homosexuality and particularly organizations that share the gospel as a part of their work. Um, and so I, one thing I didn't know about this is that Chick-fil-A is this country's third largest fast food chain behind McDonald's, which is understandable, and Starbucks. I don't know who counts Starbucks as a fast food chain. Um, More kinda, like fast coffee. Yeah, like bad coffee place. Um, so, like, but it's third. I didn't know that it was that big. But, you know, when they tried to move into new locations in San Antonio and Buffalo airports this year, um, they basically, because they donated to Christian organizations that held to a biblical worldview, Orthodox Christianity that has been the same for 2,000 years over homosexuality and sex outside of marriage, um, these places did not want to allow Chick-fil-A to come in, which obviously cost Chick-fil-A money. And a lot of people um, throughout the history of Chick-fil-A stances on like being closed on Sunday, made popular by Kanye West, um, like things like that, Christians have stood up and and patronized, not, not in a negative way, but become patrons of Chick-fil-A and says like this, this organization is always giving to the community they are not uh, restrictive in any way of hiring homosexual people or, um, or you know, gays coming into their restaurants are treated with respect. Um, and so they, they never do that. But on the other side of it, places like Boston, San Francisco, Chicago, um, called them bigoted um, for being Christians, which is discriminatory based on religion. But they, they held out. And because of that, a lot of Christian people support Chick-fil-A. A lot of Christian people appreciate them. But as this company grows and begins to spread internationally um, to places like Reading England, um, they didn't want to renew Chick-fil-A's lease. And they were that mall was cited in England saying they wanted to offer an inclusive place for everyone is welcome. Apparently, everyone is welcome there except for Christians. Mm. Um, and so Chick-fil-A feels this pressure. And, you know, and they had Christianity Today has an unnamed executive that said that they took a lot of this media pressure on the chin. And the protests um, that were being done outside of their, they were being pressured, and I would even argue bullied um, by the LGBT community, and they continue to be threatened by the LGBT community. Even people I know that are in the, the gay community are in- incredibly hostile to Chick-fil-A, and a lot of times it's based on misinformation. Uh, it's not even based on what they actually were doing, and that's just supporting, like Christians 
who own a business supporting Christians who do Christian ministry, which should be surprising to absolutely no one. Uh, but they decided that um, as their term in 2018 came to an end of supporting Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes, they F- Salvation Army, um, if you're unfamiliar with them, they're better known as one of the biggest charities in the United States. Their response to this of being cut from funding based on their stances as being Christian by another Christian so-called business, they responded by saying they were saddened to learn that a corporate partner has felt it necessary to divide funding to other hunger education and homeless organizations, areas in which the Salvation Army, as the largest social services provider in the world, is already fully committed. So kind of Chick-fil-A spun it from their marketing department that they were pulling out of supporting basically only the Christian businesses um, that share the gospel and have a biblical worldview because they want to focus on education and homelessness and hunger. But what they don't understand is they were actually withdrawing that from an organization that does the most widespread amount of that. Um, even more than that, um, it's in, it's interesting because the Salvation Army um, serves more than 23 million individuals a year, and many of those, or I say a significant population of those, include the LGBTQT community. So, in fact, they, they Salvation Army would argue, in fact, we are the largest provided, provider of poverty relief to the LGBTQ population. So when misinformation is perpetuated without fact, our ability to serve those in need, regardless of sexual orientation, gender identity, religion, or any other factor, is at risk. They're risking how many actual homosexuals and people within the gay community who are also in poverty are being served by withdrawing funding from the largest service provider to that population. So Salvation Army was quoted as saying, we are as the public to seek the truth before rushing into ill-informed judgment and greatly appreciate those partners and donors who ensure that anyone who needs our help feels safe and comfortable to come through those doors. Um, FCA did not respond on the other side to Christianity Today's request for comment, Um, but FCA does ask their leaders to sign a purity statement committing to avoid homosexual activity, which, biblically speaking, held by Orthodox Christians is a sin, or sex outside of marriage, which is also a sin. Nobody's complaining about the sex outside of marriage commitment. People are complaining about the homosexual commitment, which is um, a bit of bigotry even inside of itself. So here's the thing. Beginning in 2020, Chick-fil-A's charitable arm um, started to focus their their funding, their philanthropic gifts uh, of $9 million in promoting education, combating youth homelessness, and reducing hunger, they announced. And that, that probably seems pretty innocent to some people. They're like, oh, well, we went from supporting these to supporting those. Unless you get the context of the fact that they, they're they being bullied. Right. Because that was my, yeah, that was my question was just like on their actual page, it comes across like, you know, the Chick-fil-A Foundation will deepen its giving to a smaller number of organizations. And so it looks like, you know, from their original post on their website, that they're just trying to sort of narrow their focus, which we would, you know, as Christians, like we would support that. Like you don't want to be McDonald's where you do a thousand things like, you know, half-heartedly, but you do, you be like Chick-fil-A, you make chicken sandwiches really good. So does that carry on in their character of like, we're going to do a few things and we're going to do them very well, 
you know, but like what you're saying is that no, it, this is definitely in light of like the bullying and the pressure from this community. Hundred percent. And so one of the things that that comes with this is if FCA and the Salvation Army didn't ascribe to the scriptures and didn't ascribe to the gospel, it wouldn't be a problem. And this this is not just true of a company. This is true of every Christian. That if a Christian will abandon the gospel and they'll abandon actually standing on God's word, like there will be more acceptance from the world than not. But even what's ironic about this is glad the gay lesbian organization, the homosexual community, the LGBT outcried that it's not enough and they still didn't support it. So their compromise uh, with the world didn't produce the acceptance that they hoped. Right, so it's like you abandon, you know, the people that are supporting your your corporation, and yeah, the actual quote is from Drew Anderson, Glad's director of campaigns and rapid. This is a rapid response, according to Discern. Um, in addition to refraining from financially supporting anti-LGBTQ organizations, Chick Fil A still lacks policies to ensure safe workplaces for LGBTQ employees, and should unequivocally. Uh, speak out against the anti-LGBTQ reputation that their brand represents. So it's like that, who didn't see this coming? You know, that they, um, it wasn't going to be enough. The marketing people at Chick-fil-A did not see this coming because for them, they thought this is going to open up markets for us, which obviously they got blasted. Um, Different people um, talked about, you know, one of the biggest proponents, and I'm not, I'm not, saying here or there about Mike Huckabee, but, you know, he did, he advocated for Chick-fil-A whenever they first started coming under these counts and, and supported them. And then he tweeted out talking about how, how today Chick-fil-A betrayed little customers for money. I regret believing that they would stay true to their founder, Truett Cathy. That's sad. So here's the thing. Truett, who started the organization, um, had the mission statement, which is supposedly still there today, but it doesn't seem like it's applicable is their mission statement was to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. That that's, was their mission. I don't know if that's going to remain their mission statement to glorify God by being a faithful steward because they're definitely not being a faithful steward of their influence. The um, Anybody that would kind of come to defend and say, well, they have the right you know, to shift, I, I don't disagree with that. They have the right to give to whatever they want, but I think that if they're trying to be faithful to to the influence that they have, they have just made it harder for Christians who give to churches or who give to to humanitarian organizations. What is it? Ellie Good, uh, Goulding was trying to pressure the Dallas Cowboys that she wouldn't do the halftime show because they support the Salvation Army, which is, again, provide anybody that is for social services and wants to combat poverty should see the kind of sacrifice that people in the Salvation Army have done for decades, and she's trying to end services for the poor because she has an agenda for the homosexual community. This means that they care more about um, their personal agenda about sexuality than they care about the poor. And this is the same kind of bullying and pressure that is happening to a lot of Christians who find themselves in organizations that would say, if you hold to a biblical worldview, you can't work at this university— you can't work at this company. They expect them to sign things. Um, even even in um, 
my circle of friends, I know people that work in corporate offices who have been demoted because they were Christians. So if we're going to talk about who is anti-who, do you see tons of Christians suing homosexual people because they ascribe um, to queer sexual practices? Or do you see a lot of people with queer sexual practices suing and demoting and attacking Christians? So it's interesting to me that the discrimination and the anti is so hard, but it I think what is so grievous to a lot of Christian people is an organization that has held up Christ as the example that's been closed on Sundays would betray Christian people for the sake of being accepted by the world, and it it feels like betrayal to me. Uh, Taspalusas, or have you say his name, the current president, said the foundation would be open to partnering with faith-based charities in the future. But that, and I quote, none of the organizations have anti-LGBT positions. So, so you're saying that if I believe that homosexuality is not God's best for a person, that I'm all of a sudden, that's not, that's anti? That's me hating somebody else? Like, that's not descriptive of what my position is, and I don't believe it's descriptive of now, I, of FCA or the Salvation Army, who I've interacted with, you know, almost in every ministry I've been in, and I have some things that I don't love about Salvation Army, things I don't love about FCA, but by and large, they're Christian people that are sincerely trying to serve other people and, and trying to preach the gospel. So here's the thing. He comes back, and he's quoted as saying that amidst all this publicity and stuff and all the articles in Newsweek— um, there are lots of articles and newscasts about Chick-fil-A, I'm quoting here, and we thought we needed to be clear about our message. So apparently, the gospel is not the message they want. Jesus is not the message they want to be clear about. Because here's the thing, they are rep- they have been the message they have been known for is fantastic hospitality, which is a Christian ethic that goes, I mean, it's commanded in Scripture. Um, fantastic service, doing things with excellence, that the reason why they do all those things behind all that, uh, Truett Cathy was a Baptist, and he was from his faith saying, we're going to do business this way, giving to charity, um, doing these types of things. And this is exactly the shift um, that a lot of businesses make, where they don't, you know, they don't want to be representative of the gospel, they just want to do humanitarian work, Humanitarian work is human-centered. And so as they come out, they say this shift in giving, and I quote, was just the right thing to do to be clear, caring, and supportive and do it in the community. That's not accurate. Because if you believe that the gospel is the, is the highest means of meeting the, the highest need that a human has, no amount of humanitarian work that can take shelter the body, feed the body, it's limited. It's less caring to exclude the gospel from your humanitarian work. Ministry and mission work, like what FCA does and like what Salvation Army does, it meets the needs of the body. It makes it fights homelessness. It feeds the belly. It gets it gets needs met of the body, but it understands that behind all those needs, there's bigger needs that humans have in their heart, and that need is for Jesus. So you're going to tell me that you you wanted to clarify your message, and in clarifying it, you cut organizations out of it that preach Jesus, that make that actually say that there's such a thing as sin, and that not every 
lifestyle and practice that a human does is necessarily healthy, good, or God's best for them, it seems like a compromise, a backbone to me. Now, I don't know all of this situation. I don't know, but I, but how could they not see the way that Christian people would react to this thing? And I understand that they had committed for a, a specific period of time um, to these organizations. That period had come up. But here's the thing. Our church and other ministries that I've been on the board or supported, we have agreements that extend for a certain period of time. We reevaluate. But as long as we're both in agreement that that is accomplishing the thing that we're about, we renew those agreements. It's only when one of the partners has deviated and become about something else that we jump in and we say, okay, you're going in this direction, I'm going in this direction. So here's the thing. FCA hasn't changed their stance on the gospel. They've not changed their stance on sexual sin. Salvation Army hasn't changed their stance on the gospel. They've not changed their stance on sexual sin. So what does that say about Chick-fil-A? Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Definitely. And I it kind of brings me to two questions. One is I guess we could list out, you know, several organizations like the American Red Cross, um, you know, that that have like Harvard, you know, universities, mm-hmm. entire hospitals, um, that started out with like Christian founders, you know, who were concerned about the health, uh, you know, concerned about like helping people uh, in the midst of natural disasters and things like this, that started out with Christian founders, you know, who were trying to advance the gospel just as much as they were trying to, you know, feed the hungry and clothe uh, the naked and, uh, you know, provide that drink of water, you know, for the thirsty and, um, they started like that, right? And then just like slowly throughout the years, these are handed over to new CEOs and new CFOs. And all of a sudden, like the organization's, uh, you know, humble Christian beginnings and what they were founded on, the rock that is Jesus, kind of mm-hmm. take a different approach or, you know, they rearrange uh, like, you know, their company motto or their vision or their mission statement. Uh, to not include that. And that, I mean, we see that in human history, right? And so that's my first question is like, how is this different? Yeah. Um, I, so I think what you're on to, let me speak about it fundamentally, kind of a bird's eye view. So like Princeton is established for the evangelization of the whole world, you know, and people are, I think, sometimes stunned in the modern world when I bring up how many, virtually all of our Ivy League schools were started by Christians, because of the gospel, because of scripture, and, and, and even fraternities and sororities now, like um, the YMCA, you know, all of the... You, it's staggering when you list the hundreds of influential organizations that are almost all started by Christians that some of them have stayed true to that and some of them have abandoned it. Um, Rick Warren, I think it was, had a really interesting quote that that basically people on the left, theologically or pagans, they really aren't create. They haven't created very much in the United States. It's really been conservative Christians that have, you know, a part of founding the country, founding the universities, founding these humanitarian organizations, these social services, um, different things that have existed. And it, and basically, what he would say is the liberals basically have to hijack that, pervert it, and take it over until they kill it. Yeah, I mean, even the I I've been reading uh, even in science, you know, in the advance of medicine, it's like 
a, a really strong follower of Christ uh, created the MRI, you know, yeah. the ability to image, uh, you know, that this, and, and yeah, like you said, they'll hijack that and say, uh, well, science has done more, uh, you know, in, in the advancement of medicine uh, than Christianity ever will. And I'm like, how do you divorce, you know, somebody's faith like a Christian who is really excelling, excelling in that field of science or medicine or, you know, whatever it is, education and, and uh, humanitarian pe- relief. Yeah. yeah, like religious people in general. You look at Jews and Christians composing the most Nobel Peace Prizes for science of any other population. If you add the Judeo-Christian worldview together, places in the Western world that are influenced by the Judeo-Christian worldview, you get the most scientific advancement, not the least. And you could go even further, like Gregor Mendel, who crossed peas and did the genetic thing, was a priest. You know, like, and you can just go back and back and back. But, and I think that just as a forewarning, I think that the same kind of like scrutiny and corruption and the issues and the undermining and the perversion that's happened in media where people don't trust the newspapers, people do not trust um, like CNN, Fox, you know, whatever your brand is, there's been a, a lower trust in the media, which is a part of the rise of Trump. Um, that that exact sort of like perversion of the field. And then scrutiny is going to come to science too, and you see that because they're they're running into this LGBTQT thing as well because they're saying that biologically speaking there is male and female, and if a science professor who's an atheist says that in Canada, which this has happened, that that can be a hate crime for hate speech. Yeah, because it's like gender is fluid. You and know, there's truth like, is relative. And he's like, nah, <laughs> it's in your it's in your chromosomes. Yeah. That's hate speech. And and speech is not protected even in other Western countries the way that it is here in the United States. Where you can say that and then now you may get fired, right. but you still have the freedom to say it. But there, there's actually that's part of the Jordan Peterson thing about him um refusing compelled speech. He's not gonna not that he wouldn't do that in his personal life, but he just is not gonna academically like skew the data. Well, now how many, how many, how many places are going to succumb to the same bullying in academia or in science that Chick Fil A just went through? If Chick Fil A, a Christian organization or a Christian organization in its founding with a Christian message known worldwide as that, is going to cave for the sake of money and pressure in media, you think that a secular university wouldn't fire a professor or two to like to to stay on the right side of the spin cycle of how that's being put out there. So you got to be careful about, and, and what makes me so scared is like people say science says, as though there's like one unified voice about how science has determined things. And so what happens if that, all of that kind of com- gets exposed, starts crumbling down? I think that's a forewarning of how there's a, there's a lot of ways in which um, how f- different fields have law- left their Christian base le- or trying to leave the Judeo-Christian worldview and are going to be exposed and, and crumble as a result of that. But I think that here's the thing. It's a, going back to your question and, and, and kind of going back to that overview. The same way that an individual can go to work and feel pressured to abandon the message of the gospel, to abandon Christ's commands on their lives from Scripture, because of peer pressure, that's the same thing that can happen to an organization. The same way that an individual doesn't want to lose their job at Pepsi because Pepsi says, you sign this thing, 
of inclusivity, which is actually just ex every a Christian is ex, I heard this quote the other day. A Christian is expected to accept everybody else's creed except his own. And so you go into the marketplace, and that Christian may lose money and lose their job for standing up for Christ, and they have to make a decision, and they'll be accountable to God for that. The same way that can happen with an individual, Cliff, is the same exact way it could happen to a corporation like this. It's the same way it can happen to a ministry. It can happen to a church. Here in Colorado, we have a church just down the road that the member, like, the the church does not believe in homosexuality is a righteous thing. And that's where it really gets down to. Is it a righteous thing? Is it right before God, or is it sin before God? Is it whatever the culture says is right or wrong, or is it what the Scripture, God's eternal Word says? They stand on God's eternal Word, and now they have to go to church every Sunday with people out picketing their church. Now, those Christian people are not picketing the headquarters of the homosexual community or the gay community in Colorado. It's the gay community picketing the other direction. Yeah. And that's, so who's bigoted here? Yeah. And that brings me to kind of my second question is like, for, lest we slip into paranoia, Isaiah 9, you know, the government shall be upon his shoulder. Right. Like we trust in Christ and, you know, we don't fear the world um, because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. But um, in light of that, yeah, I mean, what does this mean uh, for future reference? Like what's coming around the corner whenever we start to slip into this, like how should uh, Christians become aware of this? And, you know, how long is it before, you know, people start requiring, you know, not just in, in like a chicken sandwich business, you know, but in, in your daily life uh, that you can't say certain things or that you can't support and give to a church when they have a stance against homosexuality. I think that's the thing is that Chick-fil-A and whatever Christians are running that organization have betrayed the rest of us because they made it harder for us to be Christians at our workplace because it empowered an, a, an organization that sues people, an organization that pickets and screams at people, an organization that virtually... It does the oppression that it claims is done to it. It oppresses other people in the ways that it claims to be oppressed. And because of that, we don't. The average Christian doesn't have the political influence or the lawyers or the things that Chick Fil A has. But now, if I give to my church that has this stance, at what point do they fire me because I'm a part of something that believes differently than what they do? And this is where freedom of conscience is getting thrown out the door right now in the political debate. Of like, there is not inclusivity. There is a very much lines being drawn in the sand. And I, I would say it like this: is that. The days maybe where it was advantageous for even lost people to act like they're Christians for positive benefit, that's like over. If you're going to stand and be named with Christ and stand on the biblical worldview, it will cost you. And so count the cost. If you're going to be a Christian today, there are going to be people that are hostile to the gospel you preach, the gospel lifestyle you live, and it's just going to be it's going to be costly. And I think that that's a return more towards the same sort of persecution and oppression and and the activity that we see from the early church in the book of Acts, and through many of our brothers and sisters experience much worse than this in other parts of the world. But I would just say this, that opposition to the gospel is heating up in the United States, and that might be 
a part of because Christianity is actually getting better here. See, I don't, I, I don't think that if we're completely just caving to the world at every every turn, that the opposition wouldn't be the way that it is. So I think it's because certain Christians are standing upon their beliefs, it's actually weeding out organizations or individuals that will not stand on the gospel, will not stand on the scripture, like John Piper waved goodbye to him. You know what I'm saying? And so I I think this gets to a place of like meat sacrificed to idols. I think Christians are going to have to say like, I might not buy this computer. I might not buy this, this Levi jean jacket. I might not patron... Starbucks, there is no, there there might have to be some hard decisions made, and I think real Christians are prepared to make those decisions, and I think people that are just associating with Christianity um, for their image are not going to make those hard decisions. Yeah, and I think that like an encouraging word from the Lord, um, Matthew 10, 33, but whoever denies me before men I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Um, and so be bold, you know, and and stand on the objective truth that is God's Word, um, and don't fold, you know, to pressure like that. Um, not to say that the persecution and the pressure won't come, but, you know, where's the encouragement, you know, from this story? Uh, yeah, and I think that regardless of what, Chick-fil-A does, I think we should all look circumspectively at our lives and realize how weak we are. And without God's grace, like I would cave to money the same way that Chick-fil-A would cave for money. And without and without clear convictions from scripture, I'd be half I'd be a slave to the world that whatever they said was right, I would have to change what I believe to fit it. And so I've like I've been pressured there and I know what it means to fail. And I think there's grace for Chick-fil-A. I don't think God's done with them. I don't. Th- I think this can be a learning situation for them. You know, I think it's an opportunity for Christians to pray for Chick-fil-A because of the influence that they wield. Let me bring this to a different thing. I don't want to give a shout-out, but... Um, so, like, the heiress of Hobby Lobby and her husband are friends of mine. And um, they've come and chopped it up with us in France when we were there. And uh, one of the conversations we had is, like, back a few years ago, you remember under the Obamacare... And some of the other regulations they were doing with healthcare, they were trying to force Hobby Lobby to provide basically abortion pills to their employees as a part of the healthcare. And if they didn't do that, they would get fined so many million dollars a day um, for failing to do something that is against their conscience and against the biblical worldview. They they feel, as I do, and I feel like all Orthodox Christians do, um, that killing babies is not righteous; that it is a sin. And they are not going to use their company nor their money to kill babies made in the image of God. And so here's the thing. It goes to the courts. They get sued. They, it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court. And I remember praying for them. I remember praying for that situation. Um, my friends talked to me about, like, you know, the, the different family members leading the company basically said, if we have to lose the company, we lose the company. Now, right. you're talking about millions of dollars. Yeah, that's a different story. We're going to lose millions of dollars, but we ain't going to kill babies. That's right. We are not going to compromise the gospel we believe. We're not going to compromise the scriptures. And so they said, if we have to lose, and they gathered together as a leadership of a company and prayed. And they told me about just the power of being in that space, praying. And then the verdict came out that they, 
you know, because they stood up, they ended up like winning in court, which provided exemptions, say to even Catholics and hospitals and ministries and organizations don't have to do something that's against, say, provide abortions. If they cave, how many, maybe even churches, have to help fund abortion? Or ministries that the church supports, say it that way. How many other Christian organizations have to do that? But because but because they stood up and used their influence as a company, how many babies have been saved? And so I think that there's an opportunity uh, for Chick-fil-A to do the exact same thing. And I think that they misstepped here. Um, but just like it's been in my own life, I don't, I don't think that like any sin that I've ever done against the Lord is bigger than the gospel. And I don't think that any sin that a corporation has done is bigger than the gospel. And I think that there's opportunity um, for their leadership um, to, to repent and to fix what's something that the, I don't think that they thought through the implication it has on how the rest of us are getting beat up by the same organization. How many of us that go to our workplace are getting bullied by the same organization. How the companies we work for are pressuring us. And now they just made that pressure heavier because they're not taking their, their part of it, right? The other thing I say is, is like, Christian businessmen are out there should be unashamed to support ministries that advance the gospel. Should be unashamed. And so I, I just feel um, there's still grace and there's still opportunity here for so many people to learn from this and to uh, benefit from it. All right, so you got comments, you got thoughts. Um, shoot them to us at the Portable Pulpit. Hope this has been um, fascinating for you, interesting to you. Hope it's helping you to think through what you're doing. Um, again, we would encourage you, um, pray for Christians that are facing pressure at their workplace. Pray for Christians that are in leadership of companies for Chick-fil-A and companies like Chick-fil-A, that they would use their influence in their brief time here on earth um, to advance a better kingdom. Love you guys. We'll catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to The Portable Pulpit. If you've been blessed, like it, share it, subscribe to it, and for goodness sake, send us some ideas.